0: Salutations and hello to all of my listeners My Unlucky Lounge Rats Joining us for another, let's call it Weekly tradition as we're keeping things Rolling along, it's a good cherry On top of your week long Sunday, an episode type We like to call Friday Night Podcast Where we are going to draft actively See what the cards tell us and hopefully Can give us some insights on the limited Formats at hand. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen Of the Unlucky Lounge and joining me As always, a 2-2 two, two, for 2 That's always there for you on turn number two. His name is Borak Bear. Oh, Bear. Bear, Bear, Bear. Borak, I'm just so hyped about this format. I couldn't come up with a, a witty or... ...or quippy response or even a bear pun. I'm just all about drafting this set. And hopefully my love for Zendikar Rising... ...and why it feels so unique, so cool, so interesting... ...will come out in today's episode... ...as we engage with all of you in a live draft via the audio waves. But before we get to that draft few bits of housekeeping as always this podcast is brought to you by the believe podcast network check them out dot or wherever you download your audio goodness and we want all of you listening to join in on the community find me on twitter draft and draft cory patreon draft and draft an mtg podcast or my instagram cory damon enriquez all of you joining us keeping the community live getting those likes sharing subscribing hey You help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge just by being here. Well, that is the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Condorous Closet. And, Borak, what do you say we fire up another Zendikar Rising Draft? You're right. If we're having so much fun with this set, we got to start with a celebration. Wherever you are, all of My Unlucky Lounge Rats, grab a drink, be it a can of soda, be it a drink, be it a beer, be it a cider, maybe it's a nice cup of coffee. Here's to all of you a cheers to My Unlucky Lounge Rats as we jump in to another draft. (laughs) Yeah, Borak, this draft started up. Quickly, because this is an amazing limited format. What else can you say? People are excited to dig into it, and I am certainly amongst people that feel that way. Pick one, pack one. Some of the more strong cards that are presenting we have MDFC being a Skyclave Cleric, the one three that is a White Land uh, that gains two life as a core Cleric uh, for one and a white short footed Infiltrator, the scroll thief of the format, that's unblockable if you tap another rogue control. Love this card, even fits in when you're not necessarily fully rogues, so you just need a few of them, and if you have, say, a stonework pack beast, that's pretty cool too. Spoils of Adventure is also really nice, And as our rare, we have Oren Reef Ooze. It's a 2-2 two, two for two and a green. When ETBs put a counter on target creature control and when it attacks, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each attacking creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Now, granted, I don't think black-green is the strongest and the counter synergies are okay, but this card is just nuts. All you need is one other creature with a counter and you're really just doing it. Pick two, pack one. We have the uncommon signpost for the black-green deck, and that is Moss Pit Skeleton. 2-2 for two two mana. It's a green and a black. Uh, It has kicker three. When it's kicked, it enters with three counters, and then when you get a counter on a creature in the turn, you can return Moss Pit Skeleton from your graveyard and you put it on top of your library. It's a good card. It really, truly is. However... The value of the black removal spells cannot be understated, and that even includes Feed the Swarm. One in a black, destroy target creature or enchantment an opponent controls, and you lose life equal to that permanent converted mana cost. There's also a Royal Eruption, which is one in red, three damage to a target, and then kick it for five. I actually think the Royal Eruption is right here, the MDFC is a song-mad treachery, it's the Threaten. We're gonna go with the Royal Eruption, the Mosspet Skeleton's fine, it's just not too exciting and I really like having a strong removal suite in our decks to get things going. Now is where we start to get those gut check picks and that includes a Gnarled Colony, it's a 2-2 for 2 that kicks, we have a 4-4. Uh, It's got those counters on it, so it works nicely with the ooze, Uh, and then creatures with counters have trample. This would be, like, the reliable pick, but one of my heuristics is, when in doubt, MDFC out, and we have one of the best MDFCs in the format right here in Black Bloom Rogue. You know it from our episode last week with Black Bloom Rogue playing the good old game of Excess or Make Sense, and... I'm actually inclined to take this right now, as we're still discovering what we want to do. I can see a world where we might be black, green, splashing red, and this is just such... It's one of the top tier MDFCs in the format, so we're starting right now on three colors. It's a little, you know, kind of touch and go, but I think things are just fine as we see a Balladged recovery as the MDFC, the modal face double card, for those who uh, aren't picking up on the slang that we've laid out thus far in this episode. But I'm very much into Ballad Ged Recovery. There's also a Veteran Adventurer. There's a Turn Timber Aesthetics, the 5-4 that gains life. That card has overperformed for me. Nice 2-drop in Expedition Sulker, but this MDFC is just amazing. I'm very happy with it. We're going to take it, and we're going to probably follow it up with... Well, this is an interesting one. We have three two-drops, all of which are, are relatively well-positioned. Dauntless Survivor is the one that really stands out. It puts a counter on target creature when it ETBs. Very nice, works well with the Oren Reef Ooze, and if we are dedicating ourselves to the black-green package, it's wonderful. Another Skulker, the Rogue 2-2, that gets Death Touch if you control another rogue, a good card. But then we have a rolling Regrowth. We've already got a lot on three, and that is a consideration but the Roiling Regrowth can help us with a splash either into black or red, whatever the cards might be passing to us. Also to note, there's a Pyroclastic Hellion. This card has really gone up in my estimation, especially with all the MDFCs. So I want to keep an eye on that and see if maybe that tables. It probably won't, but we'll just kind of keep our nose to the grindstone and see where we can go from here. Well, in uh, pick six pack one, the card that's really worth consideration here is Dauntless Survivor. It's the same thing. It's the ETB 1-1 one, one for 2 that puts a counter on target creature. Works nicely with the Oran Reef Ooze. If we end up with a few counter payoffs, it's nice. Besides that, there's a Spitfire Legak, which I do like a lot, especially if we're going into a red-green land-based deck. But I think going with this card, it's quite flexible. And if we can curve into it with an Oran Reef Ooze, we are really in the money. Next, we look at an... Interesting, interesting turn of events. We see a Thundering Spark Mage. It's a 2 2 for, th- for 4, 3 and a red. Uh, it ETBs and deals X damage, where X is the number of creatures in your party. It deals it to a creature a planeswalker. This is a pretty sweet payoff. Uh, if you can get it to 2, it really does some work. And Green has the ability to kind of go wide a little bit with say a stonework pack beast a veteran adventurer if the green rares opened but green does have enough of a widespread that i'm willing to take this thundering spark mage and maybe look to splash this black bloom rogue as we continue onward jawari disruption is the mdfc still in the pack i like it despite a lot of people kind of being down on it now is where we kind of make that gut check there's an uh, expedition skulker that we could take but i'm going to take this turn timber aesthetic the 5-4 that gains life clerics are a bit of a rarity in green so it's a nice pickup and the rest of this pack one uh shapes up nicely we end up getting a song mad treachery and that pirate classic hellion that we talked about before it did table that's a really good sign for red being open and obviously we've gotten some decent green things uh picked up along the way so i think we are in the right lane we've got some pretty solid cards to play into we might end up splashing a little bit of black and having an MDFC does help out with the Splash plan. Yeah, so this is one of those things you don't really realize until you start to play with the MBFCs. taking one that is beyond your main two colors actually works well to not only increase your amount of payoff in playing that color, but also the number of mana sources that you have. Same with taking your MDFCs in your main colors. It increases the number of, say, swamps or mountains or forests that you're actually playing in your main, helping out your mana overall, which is why taking these modal double face cards is just a boon, which is why we're also going to take this Malakir Rebirth, the instant black spell that returns a creature that dies this turn, you life, and then we're going to take a Dauntless Survivor pick 2, pack 2. Kind of weak, but we're going to stay the course. It'll be fine. Pick 3, pack 2. We see a Magmatic Chandler in the pack. This is nice. So 1, 3 for 1 to red uh if there's four more instants and sorceries in your graveyard it gets plus three plus one so it turns into a four one but the more relevant thing is you get to discard a card exile the top two cards of your library choose one of them and you can play that so you essentially get to choose one of the top two cards as the best card and then cycle something else in your hand out it's a red wizard so it helps out with a little bit wider spread on the printing mechanic there's a pack beast in this Uh, Pick 3, pack 2, but I think we're just going to go with the Magmatic Chandler and be relatively happy about it going into pick 4 of pack 2. Now is where we actually get a little bit of a boon, since we are taking these MDFCs relatively high, even if they're off-color. We're going to take a Kadanzu Stomper. This is the 6-5 we talked about in our Zendikar Bizarre episode. 6-5 for 6 with Trample. When an ATBs, you can return up to two lands you control to your hand. This includes all of our four that we've taken so far. If we can find another one or two, we're in good business. Sadly, we haven't seen a rabbit bite or maybe more royal eruptions or any other kinds of removal. So if we can find something like that in these packs, I would be quite happy. Uh, Pick two pack five. We're gonna probably take a stonework beast here. It's nice to help out with the splash. If we can start to maybe look for black removal in the same vein here, we can go a little bit wide in our colors, and it does help out with some of the party payoffs, and red-black does have a number of other party payoffs, so we can find, say, a deadly alliance. Good stuff. The other considerations would be a Gnarled Colony, which is not really what we're trying to do, Draga Visionary, which fits well in the 4-drop slot that we're kind of light on, and an Ardent Electromancer, but in this deck, I'd rather just take a Stonework Pack Beast and be happy about it. Pick 6, Pack 2. Synchronized Spellcraft is here. This is 4 damage to a creature, and then deals X where it's uh, the number of creatures in your party to that creature's controller. It's a okay card. It's strictly okay. Sadly, five is a pretty large cost to incur, and, uh, well, we're just, we're not gonna be able to get that five all that easily. What we're gonna take out of this pack here is a Seagate Colossus. This is a card that has impressed me over time. It looks like a pretty large derp uh, in a seven five for seven, but the fact that you get these little extra payoffs in, in party by reducing its cost, it does add up to being a nice package. Now we're going to take this Draga Visionary, the 3-2 that cantrips for 4. Uh, it's a fine card. It's relatively replacement level, but we're not going to take a second Kadanzu Snopper after we took a Seagate Oracle, and Might of Murasa is not something I want to do. And there's also a Scale of the Heights, but if you want to know my thoughts on Scale of the Heights, go check out our last episode. So the rest of this pack looks like it's gonna go by relatively uneventful uh at this moment i'm pretty happy with what's going on in our picks we'll we'll take another fissure wizard here it's either that or a teeter peak ambusher or a scavenge blade but not interested we're doing fine we're establishing a solid board state but we really want to find some removal i'll take black removal I will take some more Royal Eruptions. I'll take a rabbit Bite or two. I'd even take the 1-1 Death Touch creature. Can It can be nice and help us play to our later game that we're starting to slowly accrue. We did table Anissa Zendikon. I like that. It's nice with the four MDFCs we have thus far. There's also a Palaka Predation, though. It's one of the worst MDFCs. Ugh... Uh, no, I'm gonna take the Nissa Zendikon. It has the reach, and the reach is something that we want to have because we're not we're we're kind of weak to flyers. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing a little conservative. I said before that off-color MDFCs work well, but you don't want too many. Then you're playing like more off-color lands than you need to. Oh, whoa, that's a late subtle strike. And hey, there's a Nissa Zendikon, so maybe we're supposed to take the MDFC. Okay, fair enough. But eh, we're doing okay. Let's just find some removal. So going into uh, the third pack, looking for that removal, looking for maybe some extra things to help us synergize with what we're trying to do. Uh, Maybe that 1-1 Death Touch Rogue for one would be nice, but let's go and take a look at what we have. Yeah, sorry Bark, I got a little quiet. Um, I saw something very exciting, and that is Crawling barons as our rare. This is a nice thing that slots into pretty much any deck. It's a land that produces a Caldus mana, but you can pay for it, put two counters on Crawling Barrens. Then it can become a 0-0 zero, zero creature land until end of turn. So you can start to accrue counters on this land. It becomes a win con in itself. If we end up with maybe one or two counter things, I mean, we do have an Orin Reef Ooze. It's really, really nice. So happy to take that. And it's coming around, Borak. We're finally being rewarded for Discipline, we're seeing a second Royal Eruption, one of the best commons in this set. Great removal spell, flexible early and late, goes to the face, goes to the creatures, things are coming around my bear buddy. No complaints here. Now we have Pick 3, Pack 3, this is kind of another gut shot here. We could take a Vastwood Fortification, it's the pulse 1, pulse 1 counter MDFC on a green land. or we could take this Deadly Alliance. We've been setting ourselves up quite nicely with having three black MDFCs. We've got a Stonework Pack Beast. We have a Roiling Regrowth. I'm pretty happy to take this removal spell. I think it's kind of exactly what we want to help us pay off a little bit. We're passing up on a Gnarled Colony and that Fortification. There's also Molten Blast, but I think we're in a good place right now between all of our little land pocket synergies. Uh, I'm taking that Deadly Alliance and getting a little greedy Borok. (laughs) <laughs> greed is good and greed is going to keep us going. There's a Valakut Exploration, the rare stone in the pack. This is the enchantment that acts as the furious rise of the set, but it has landfall. That landfall exiles the card. And then you can play that card basically until end of turn. If you don't play it, you get to do a damage to your opponent. Sadly, this pack is pretty stacked for us. There's another Song Mad Treachery. There's a Brushfire Elemental, which is nice, but I don't think we're going that way. There's a Gomafada Vanguard, which is, I think, wonderful in the red-white aggressive deck. But we're playing late. Let's go with that Falcon Exploration and be happy about it. And Borak, we did it. We absolutely did it. (laughs) It's a good place, but it's also a bad place. There's so much here. There's Tejuru Paragon. That's hard to say, Tajuru Paragon. 1 and a green for a 3-2. It's got all the creature types. It has Kicker to get another creature that shares a party type with it. There's a Thundering Rebu- Buke, which is awesome. There's a Taunting Arbor Mage. I don't know if we take the rare or the removal spell, Borak. Yeah, let's just go with the removal spell. Let's just go with the removal spell. We're going to make the Discipline pick. I know it might feel weird, and maybe down the line it's wrong, but we're just a little light on removal spells and we're good on creatures to help us end the game. And hey, we pick up another party payoff Veteran Adventurer, the 5 5 Vigilance that reduces its cost uh, for each creature in your party. Normally, costing 6, usually, you're going to pay 5 or 4 for this. Happy with that. All right, things are starting to take shape. <laughs> The end of this deck, Borak is gonna have some cuts. Uh, there's a Skyclave Geopede and there's a Gnarled Colony. I'm gonna take the Gnarled Colony. I like the Skyclave Geopede, but we're just not aggressive enough to fully take advantage of a card like that. And it looks like here in Pick Eight Pack Three, it's all cleaning up now. Time it's it's garbage time. Dejuru snare Snarecaster going in the board. So let's rock it through the rest of this pack. There's a Late Relic Vial. That's the. Artifact that does well with clerics. Not for us, but we'll take it out of the pack. Uh, another Subtle Strike late. We see a, a third Nissa uh Lesson learned. And whoa, Kadanzu Stomper. Another one of those. We've got one. We've got a Pyroclastic Hellion. It'll probably end up in the board, but you know what? I've got nothing to complain about with this deck. It's got some solid party payoffs. We have the MDFC synergies, we've got some bomb rares in Crawling barons, and we've got the Oren Reef Ooze that begs to be answered. We've got some tools to win the game. Well, my unlucky lounge rats, that's the draft. We've got a lot of playables, and it's going to be a little bit of a hard time to cut it down to 40, so give me a second as we surmise it. I'll come back with some insights, and we'll play out a game to see how this Jun Pile takes shape. Stick around. Avec les nouvelles cartes de paiement AllVisa, payez vos dépenses du quotidien, gagnez des points et offrez-vous vos prochains week-ends ou vos vacances dans l'une des 42 marques hôtelières du groupe Accor. Tout ça sans changer de banque. La carte de paiement AllVisa est présentée par Accor SI matriculée à l'ORIAS sous le numéro 200 6709 en qualité de mandataire exclusif en opération de banque et en service de paiement de BNP Paribas. Toutes les informations sur allvisa.fr. Welcome back all my unlucky lounge rats i hope that break was good for you you got a snack you pat yourself on the back maybe you took a journey but regardless it's good to see you back here in the unlucky lounge to break down this jun pile from our zendikar rising draft this deck has about 19 lands that sounds weird doesn't it but the value of those mdfc's cannot be overstated and the cool thing about those black cards it's giving me that comfortable utility to play this deadly alliance and maybe have them be picked up with either pyroclastic hellion or kadanzu stomper so we've got a solid four black mana sources pretty comfortably and i'm good to go forward with that we have a real deep question on how many red or green sources we should have at the moment right now we're rocking with eight green sources and eight red sources one of which being roiling regrowth and i think honestly this deck can survive either with just green or red in the early and then gotta wait until we draw the other half of it so i'm pretty okay with that I feel like, in general, this deck came together relatively well. We cut the second Zendikon, we cut the second Stomper, and the final choice was between playing a Gnarled Colony or the first Fissure Wizard. I think I'm going to lean towards playing the fissure wizard i don't want to be out aggroed too hard so i'd rather just play a goblin piker and it does do us nicely to help out with card filtering reduces the cost off of veteran adventurer and seagate colossus and uh, yeah i think that's a a pretty reasonable card especially for just drawing our red it can help us draw our green later on let's let's go with that okay fair enough Less talky, more play. You heard the bear. Let's go ahead and get right into it. All credit, of course, goes to the brilliant John Williams. One of my favorite parts about the prequels from Star Wars, the musical scores. They are stunning. All right, we've got our best of one game queued up here. Uh, This is where that off-color payoff kind of starts to shape. We've got a hand of Malakir Rebirth, Forest, and Mountain, all three colors, Thunder and Rebuke, Anissa's Zendikon, uh, two five-drops in Pyro Classic Hellion, and Turn Timber Ascetic, solid keep. We've got early interaction, we've got our colors, our opponents are mulliganing, feels good, and I am happy about the way that this hand looks, and it bodes well for the texture of the deck. Playing out that Black MDFC on turn number one, Oh man, our opponent got the mastery pass and they have the amazing, uh, they're like waterfall sleeves, but with the sunset and the planeswalker symbol. I want to see these sleeves in real life. I'm going to snap, buy them up. I might buy up two sets. They are just amazing. The art for the sets in particular, they've really been on point. Uh, take for example, the storybook said McKinnon art from Throne of Eldraine which sets the backdrop of my Corvald Faker's Curse King EDH deck, makes me super happy. So our opponent played an island and flashed out Zulaport Duelist. Uh, one thing uh, you should note, all of my lucky lounge rats, you do not get to mill your opponent if uh, you do not have a creature to target with that ability. Uh, We've got our three lands out there. We drew a Royal Eruption. We drew another Mountain. They're just swinging for one. We get to play Nissa's next turn. Feeling pretty good. And we get to put on that uh, aura on the Black Sorcery of Malakir Rebirth slash Mire. Things are going well. I don't see what kind of play they can make in the next couple turns that would be able to make my... Two removal spells shaking their boots, so I'm going to happily roll out this mountain and play Mrs. Zencon on the Mire. It'll be tapped, so we won't be able to swing, but it's making the best use of our mana. Uh, we can swing, we can uh, play Turn Timber Ascetic next turn. They play something big, we can use our two removal spells on it, and then we can swing for four. So we got a lot of flexibility with our plays here. They swing for two, they played a Tejuru Snarecaster on turn three, the one four reach. Uh, I'm very okay with them if that's what they want to do. All right, if they do destroy the Nissa's Zendikon, it would set us back somewhat. They are rolling out Marassa Sproutling. This card's really a house. It's a 3-3 three, three, for 3 that you can kick for 1 green and return a card with Kicker from your graveyard to your hand. The fact that they rolled this out on turn 3 bodes well for us and is going to make me, I think, want to... Swing with the 4-4 and... No, no, we're not going to swing with the 4-4. We're just going to play the 5-4 instead. Uh, I don't really want to use my removal on a 3-3 that doesn't do much. I have a feeling that they might have an Into the Royal. Uh, the reason for that is they were probably anticipating Into the royal our turn 4, but we ended up enchanting our land, and you can't Into the Royal that lands. I have a feeling that's probably what happened. Uh, we drew a Dauntless Survivor here. Nice little uh, draw. Uh, helps out eh, quite enough. Uh, what we can do here is we could play the Dauntless Survivor and then go to uh, a Thundering Spark Mage the next turn for three. And that's uh, a pretty good use of what we're doing here. So I'm going to play the Dauntless Survivor. I'm going to put it on the 4 4 Enchanted Land. And then we will swing for 10. And they are going to have to make some choices here. My guess is they're going to into the Royal. Let's see, they block. Uh, They are going to double block uh, our our giant. Uh, That's okay. That's fine I I don't much mind that Uh, we get him five points of damage. We destroy one of their creatures Uh, I think what we'll do here is let it ride and Pass the turn Yeah, even though this isn't the most aggressive format and you can get away with not playing cards in the early, you do want to make sure you have some battlefield presence. Graveyard is somewhat relevant and spells in hand also as well, but yeah, just early interaction is still important. Uh, they're attacking for two. I'm going to take that leave the warrior I have with the Dauntless Survivor on the battlefield and uh, move on from there. They play a gun cunning Geyser Mage. Ooh, that is nice. So they get two... Return our creature. So that's one of the ways that they can uh, really take advantage of the Nissa Zendicon is bouncing it with the Geyser Mage. They can't do that with the End of the Royal, but they can do it with that. Uh, we drew another MDFC in get Recovery, but this is where I'm going to play out the, the Mire. And I'm going to uh, play the Spark Mage and destroy the Cunning Geyser Mage. Uh, it does do two, so happy to do that. We'll crack for one, and now they can't really attack us back, and we do have a balaged recovery for whatever might come next. And we can still Pyroclastic Hellion back the Malakir Mire uh, if we wanted to. We can also play out the uh, Balagued, uh recovery. I kind of am more inclined, though, to use this Regrowth for one of our removal spells. Let's see what happens. So, oh, they're going to cast their own Balaget Recovery. Okay. Uh, And they're bringing back the Sproutling, which can then bring back the Geyser Mage. This is some important sequencing for me to know. They're going to run out their Tazim Royal Mage. So next turn, they're going to be able to get back their Mana War. Okay. All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. So what that means is in this turn, I don't want to push out too much onto the battlefield because they're probably just going to kick that, well no, I probably should actually, uh, if I do start to swing right now, what this means is it's going to force them to make some choices, I mean, I could put down a Pyre Classic Helion right now, and then their only thing is to bounce it in the next turn or two, and we still get to develop our board, yeah, that's probably the right choice here uh, yeah, alright that's fine, so we'll just run out that Pyre Classic Helion we still have in our deck our, uh our, oh, what's the word? Kadanzu Stomper. We are going to return the Malachir so we still have the Rebirth. We're doing two to them. So we're, we're in a pretty good place. If we can draw another uh, Swamp or Black Source, we can take advantage of this MDFC land bouncing. Sure enough, they're going to kick the Sproutling, they're going to bring back their Cunning Geyser Mage, and that's going to allow them to bounce back a creature next turn. Played out their land, they only have that 3-2 in hand, so I feel, I'm feeling pretty good about what's happening here. All right, so now we draw Black Bloom Rogue. It's not going to do all that much on this board. I'd actually... Well, actually, maybe we do want it. Um, so the, now this is where we have this choice. We either play the Malcare Rebirth or the Black Bloom Rogue, anticipating uh, one of the two of them being the solid card to push us through. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack for four. If they want to do something... Or do some blocking. They are welcome to. The snare caster is helping out their blocks quite a bit. Uh, but even if they wanted to double block, they'd have to do it. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna take four off of that. Uh, I think what I'm going to do here then is uh, they don't want to bounce really either of our top creatures, the spark mage or the dauntless survivor, because we get to have more game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play out the Malakir Rebirth. Uh, right now, I think that card is a little bit worse off, and then I'm going a Thundering Rebuke their 3-3. So they're not putting any pressure on us. Uh, the 1-4 is fine, but now they don't have anything really to do against our board. Let's see what they want to do with the Geyser Mage. <laughs> yeah, Borok, this deck is playing out the way it should. But now they play Roost of Drakes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to what is perhaps the strongest card of the format. Roost of Drakes is crazy. So now I our game plan is actually, probably, to try and start to just hit them in the face for as much damage as we possibly can. We have a Royal Eruption and we have our seven mana. So I think our plan is actually to swing for four, Royal Eruption them in the face, and then Balagued Recovery it back the next turn, and get the rest through. So at this moment, what I can do is push through uh, with a large attack, I'm going to attack with a 2-2, two, two, and with the 4-5, they can make their choices. And now uh, we're going to try and just Royal Eruption them in the face to win the game. Uh, This is what makes this card so insanely strong. Uh, The fact that we can kick it for 5 and get them in the face for 5 damage, that's awesome. They triple block uh, the Hellion with the Royal Mage, the 2-2, and the 1-4. And now they're actually leaving the 2-2 unblocked. That's going to be unfortunate for you once you see this Royal Eruption. Uh, It leaves them with their 1-4 and a 1-1, but now we're going to punish that play quite severely put them at one and their next card had best be a good one i don't know what it is borak but we're just getting our opponents at one quite frequently they play out their island which means the only card left in their hand is one we know cunning geyser mage so next turn we're going to be able to ballot get recovery and get them in the face so feels a little bit bad that they don't know what's coming but it also feels pretty satisfying in that this game is on lockdown no complaints oh they got back their zula duelist cute so now they're saying you cannot tangle in combat but i'm not gonna tangle in combat i'm gonna tangle with their face it takes two to tango and this tango is going right towards your life total battle recovery gets back royal eruption royal eruption you in the face this battle recovery is just insane the fact that it's not a permanent it's a land it's everything this might be my favorite mbfc it may not be the strongest but it certainly is my favorite three damage to the face and we get to flash the good game emote and ladies and gentlemen my lucky lounge rats the team we pulled it together Well, friends, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of this episode. I had a ton of fun this week because, quite frankly, Zenica Rising is nothing short of fun on a bun, and I'd like to know what your thoughts are about this deck. Should we have stayed two colors? Was there a pick you disagreed with? Let me know on Twitter, Draft and, Draft Corey, and there I will post the results of this deck once all the games have been played out, and if you want to get a visual on this stack of 40 cards. If in does your game cory damon enriquez is the name and if you're having a good time with these shows think about joining our patreon found at draft and draft an mtg podcast well let's go ahead and finish up this episode my name is cory joined alongside borak and thanks for tuning in now go out there and make some friday night magic of your own